Jewish Money Matters, episode 358, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show, Friday, December 22nd, 2023. More importantly, the 10th day of the month of Tavis, a fast day, a very significant fast day, actually, on our calendar. Um, It's a short fast day, but it's a fast day that never gets pushed off. For example, This year, even though we should be preparing for Shabbat today, and that would normally override a fast, today we prepare while we fast. Today we fast into Shabbat and we break our fast with Kiddush. It marks the day that the army of Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians, laid siege on the walls of Jerusalem. We also know that this fast will be turned into a holiday, a day of tremendous joy when Mashiach comes. Please God soon. We're definitely anticipating that. But let's, um, let's, as we wait, let's try to answer some of your questions and hopefully help you help us all get to that finish line. But before I hit that mailbag, let's pick our reviewer of the week. This person will win a 20 minute call with me today. We're saying thank you to Giovanni. Giovanni left a review on December 14th, just a couple days ago. He says, I think it's a he. He says, required listening for personal finance, novice, or expert. Yael's ability to explain seemingly complex personal finance topics with a great sense of humor and wit is completely unmatched in the financial podcast sphere. Yael arms all of our listeners with the spiritual and practical tools necessary to reach their higher calling. Well, thank you, Giovanni. That is such a nice review. It's a great review. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your kind words. I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. Please reach out and And let me know that you're Giovanni, who left the review on December 14, and I will send you a link for us to connect. All right, let's go to the mailbag. Our first question is from Aliza. She asks, if a child gets an Amazon gift card, does MICER come out before it's spent? Thanks, Aliza, for your question. Good question. The answer is no. An Amazon gift card is like someone giving you money that has been earmarked by the giver for a gift, in which case we do not take MICER from that money. An Amazon gift card is... Um, I don't know exactly what item in Amazon you'd love. So take this money and buy yourself the gift that you prefer. Another example is take this money and buy yourself the car that you like, or take this money and go buy yourself an outfit. In all those cases, we do not give MICER from the from the money because the giver is intending for us to use that money for the intended purpose, i.e. the gift. All right. Great question. Then next question comes from Devora. She asks on Instagram, what's your opinion on Dave Ramsey and Ramit Sethi, uh, the author of I Will Teach You To Be Rich? So Devora is asking about two very well-known names in the personal finance space in the United States. I have respect for their work, and I think there are many things to learn from them. I've definitely read both of their works. Uh, To Dave Ramsey in particular, I credit, and I've said this publicly before, I do credit my own journey um, getting rid of debt. Um, In fact, the snowball method of getting out of debt, I believe he's credited with. I, I think he's 
you know, or beca- maybe became popular under him or he coined it. Um, I'm not sure, but I always give him credit for it. And that's exactly what I teach myself and recommend for many reasons I'm not going to get into now, but there's many episodes on that. Um, now, there are many who are critical of Mr. Ramsey. He definitely, I will tell you, has a very Gavura approach, meaning he leans a lot towards the side of discipline and severity. I think Jewishly, there has to be more of a balance between the chesed, um, the kindness, and the gevura. And we do have value systems that need to be the grounding um, or the driving force of our financial decisions. An example, you know, it doesn't matter whether we are in a credit card repayment journey, we're still going to pay crazy amount for tuition, right? And that's something that maybe, according to Mr. Ramsey's classic narrative, wouldn't align or for kosher food. No, we are not going to eat rice and beans until we pay our debt. We will honor Shabbat and Yom Tov and we will feed our guests, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's certain, you know, there's certain elements um, in our value system and the way the way we make financial choices and decisions that might not align 100% with his approach. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't have discipline and I'm all for the discipline. Um, but um, I think I think we have to be very cautious when we read and follow the work of people in the personal finance space, lest their mindset creeps into ours. Additionally, Mr. Ramsey is of another faith and his teachings are very much informed by that faith. Um, much like you would say my teachings are 100%, right? So so we have to be cautious. Uh, so I am respectful, very much respectful, and I would say grateful. I think I think there's definitely an element, uh, there's definitely an element of gratitude um, there because I do appreciate that in my personal experience, it was definitely a very big part of, of, of my journey many, many years ago. But um, I do always say, you know, be cautious. And in fact, part of the reason why I do what I do is because I saw over the years that people within the Jewish community were finding personal finance advice that was not rooted in Judaism and in the truth of the Torah. And I think that's really, really dangerous because everything is in Torah. Now, Ramit Sethi, also a ton of respect, gratitude as well. And in a sense, I probably recommend his work a lot more and with maybe less trepidation. And perhaps it is because he's not faith-based. Having said that, however, that doesn't mean that all of his, that his value system aligns with ours, not at all. Um, But in his rhetoric, there's more of a space for you get to decide what is of importance to you and to shamelessly invest in that. Um, Whereas maybe there's a little bit of more of that shame element in 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 the other person's work. Um, it could be you know part of the faith. It doesn't matter. I again, um, I I do think that they're both respectable figures that have a lot to contribute. But I just always warn people to be cautious. Um, so back to Samit Rati, um, um, Ramit Sethi, I find his approach, you know, let's say a bit more balanced and more practical, um, although he does have very strong opinions too. But all in all, I think his views resonate a little bit more with me. And I think his book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, is an excellent book for everyone. Um, and I myself have recommended it many, many times. Um, So I will continue to recommend it. So all in all, I think there are pluses to both experts. They put forth excellent work. Um, I think it's a matter of who resonates with with you. But also, ultimately, I know that 
Torah true Judaism cannot be separated from my financial life. So I will always gravitate towards work that brings that in explicitly. And I hope my audience does too. So just be discerning, be cautious. Finally, our last question comes from Dania via voice note. You know, you can leave those, right? Uh, just WhatsApp be the number at the number 832-317-6778. All right. So Dania asks about something called access consciousness and its tools. And she shares with me that according to this idea of access consciousness, you are the co-creator of your reality, how you think, how you feel, how you create your reality. You're the creator of everything that happens to you. If you haven't changed something, it's because you haven't chosen it yet. You haven't chosen that change yet. And she asks, how is this in sync with a creator who guides everything? God is creating my reality and he's creating it for my benefit, for, you know, for whatever I need to see and experience. So how do these ideas work um, together? Do they work? Okay, so that's a great question, Dania. And I think they do work. Uh, yes, they do work together. We are co-creators. Uh, that is a Jewish concept. It is true that we have tremendous power to create and change our reality, that the thoughts that we allow ourselves to dwell in, um, the emotions and the behaviors that we exhibit, all of that we are in control of. And all of that, as you said, creates a certain reality. This is 100% Judaism. Now, at the same time, it's true that God is guiding us all along the way so that we can have certain experiences for us to open our eyes and learn and react and make choices. So it's both. We have the free choice to decide how am I going to take a particular situation? Am I going to use it as a wake-up call, as a wake-up message, as a catalyst for change, as a catalyst to be the highest version of myself or the opposite? In this moment, presented with an opportunity or a challenge, any experience by God Almighty, will I be the highest version of myself or the opposite? We have free choice. We have tremendous power. But the key is that as much as Judaism is empowering and God allows us to have autonomy, let's say, on certain areas, on, in areas that we do have free choice, which is making the choice for good or for evil, right? Making the moral choice. Um, we have autonomy over that. The beauty of Judaism and being a Jew is that we don't distance ourselves from the one who's giving me that quote unquote, quote unquote, autonomy, right? That quote unquote, independence. The one who is blessing me with that quote unquote, independence. We're not independent. We're not independent existence as only God is. But um, we acknowledge that everything is happening because he wills it to be and for our benefit. And then with that, we say, okay, let me make the right choice with this landscape that I'm giving or on this landscape that I've been given. And those choices create the next stage in my reality. They are creating my reality. And God will continue speaking to me or speaking to you at that new stage as well. It's a continuous conversation. Um, Hopefully it's a conversation because hopefully you're engaged with your creator um, and in the relationship. And it's a self-growth journey that you're in, but one you're in with your creator alongside him. The danger of these philosophies um, like access consciousness or others, and again, I'm not an expert in access consciousness. I'm not knocking it down. I'm just saying a general statement, okay? In general, a lot of these um these ways of thinking and these modalities and whatever, the danger is that they leave God out of the picture. Um, they, and 
they leave something really, really important in the life of a Jew, which is nullification to God's will. Um, humility and nullification to God. And instead, they tend to hyper-focus on the me, on the self, on what's good for me. What do I feel? What do I want? What are my desires? We, on the other hand, focus on our souls, on our souls primarily. What is the desire of the soul? The soul is a piece of God who, which has been placed in a body, but it's not my but that that body is not my primary identity. My soul is my primary identity. So what is good for my soul? Whether it feels good or not at the moment physically, whether it suits my desires at the moment or has to go against my desires very often, that's exactly what we do, right? We're, 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 we're taking our animalistic desires and we're channeling it, channeling them um, towards positive, right? We're not, we're, we're making really conscious choices so that we are not um, self-serving narcissistic animals. <laughs> a godly person is more focused on God and on their soul than they are on themselves and their physical needs and desires. And whatever attention and focus we give to to those physical needs and desires, because we do have to, okay, this is also Judaism, this is not another religion, we're not neglecting the self completely. Um, in terms of um, of um, ignoring it and 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 saying it it doesn't deserve attention it deserves tremendous attention of course physicality is also very very important but there's a there's a place and a content a role that it plays whatever focus we give to our physical self to our physical reality let's say is in order to serve God. It's in order to serve our souls. Um, it, because it's like the vehicle, it's a chariot that's carrying the soul, right? It's in order to serve our souls to take it on the be best journey that it can be taken in while she's in this world, in this body, and in this period of time. So yes, you have to make choices in the physical world to create your reality. That reality um, that is the more the most conducive for your soul to shine and there's no way to do that if you're not in tune with the will of your creator who's implanted a piece of himself within you so i hope that made some sense i would refer you to two texts um come to mind one very very important foundational text if you like um this type of topic and you're into this then i would think the book of tanya would very much resonate with you um I highly, highly recommend that um, you study it um, for a deeper understanding of your soul, your your both your animal soul, both your, um, your godly soul, your real identity and how that fits with being here in the world and the idea of being someone of tremendous importance, but at the same time being nothing and God being the only real existence um, and making a dwelling place for God in this world. What does that mean? How do we do that and relate to materiality um, without getting carried away? I can't. I really can't recommend enough learning the Tanya so you can have a deeper perspective and understanding. And you will start seeing where most of these modern philosophies fall short. Is there truth in them? Yes, of course, there might be some truth, but they fall short. It's and, and you have to know where they are based on truth and where, where they deviate from truth. Another thing that I will say, and this might be maybe an easier start, uh, go to chapter four of the Gate of Trust, where the issue of how much choice or free will do I have in terms of co-creating my reality uh, is touched upon. Um, in fact, we are about to start chapter four in my weekly bitachon 
class or my weekly developing trust class. Um, so you're welcome to join that, Dania, and everybody, every lady, actually, I should specify, sorry, men, it's not for you. It's a ladies class. Every lady is invited to register for that at yaeltrush.com forward slash bitachon. And that's a wrap, my friends. Um, I'm glad you didn't come here for talk about interest rates or inflation, because this is a lot more interesting. Look, it's really always fun to do this show because I think of the diversity of the questions and I appreciate you and I appreciate the questions. It definitely makes it an intellectually stimulating experience for me. And I hope one that is also positive learning for you as well. So thank you, Aliza, Devora, and Dania for your questions. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a review and rating on your Apple podcast app. It is one of the best ways you can help this show reach more people like yourself. And hey, look, if you share the show in your Instagram stories, you will definitely put a smile on my face. And that's always a good thing to make somebody else smile. Be sure to tag me so that I see it and I can, and, can, and I can smile and I can give you a shout out over there as well. Have an easy fast. And remember the prophecy of Zechariah. This will be a day of gladness, happiness, and joy for all of Israel. May it be that very, very soon. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.